Well, again, good evening. It is good to see all of you out tonight. We're glad that you're here with us. Our lesson for tonight, as uh, we announced this morning, is going to begin a, a new section in our One Word series. Uh, as we go through the book, uh, you'll find that there are usually four or five lessons that pertain to a certain subject, and then it'll move on to something else. We've been discussing uh, basically the plan of salvation, what is necessary for us to become Christians. And tonight we're going to move into a, a new section of the series on God's Word. And tonight's word for our lesson is inspiration. We're going to talk about the inspiration of the Scriptures. Whenever I begin a lesson like this, I, I think one of the first things that I usually do is try to define the word that we're looking at. And so we, we might ask the question, what is inspiration? The inspiration is defined, at least in the English language, as the process of being mentally stimulated to do or feel something especially to do something creative. Uh, sometimes we might take inspiration from uh, something else that someone that has done or, or we might look at something and, and find some kind of inspiration for something that we want to make, that kind of thing. Uh, when we look at it from a scriptural standpoint, it's a little bit different, especially as we look at the writers of the scripture and how they were inspired to write the words that we have in the Bible. In the case of the scriptures, we understand the writers have been led by the Spirit to write the things that they did. They have been moved by God. And so they, the words that they have written for us are inspired of God. The scriptures are given to us with purpose. As we read in Romans chapter 15 and verse 4. For whatever things were written before were written. For what reason? For our learning. That we, through the patience and comfort of the Scriptures, might have hope. We can trust that the Scriptures are truly inspired by God. They are not written simply by man to express the thoughts and intentions of man. But this is God's word that is given to us and we can believe that to be so. Now because they are inspired of God, because these words are inspired of God, we can trust that they contain the thoughts of God and His will for our lives. What He desires of us to be saved. What He desires of our lives in His service. In our worship in our efforts in bringing souls to Christ. His desire for us to, to be living sacrifices. All of these things we find in His Word. And, and we know these things to be inspired. They can tell us exactly what God wants of us. What He desires of us in our time on earth. We're going to look at this from, from two different perspectives. First of all, we're going to look at this from the purpose of inspiration. And then we're going to look at, at what it really means that the Scriptures are inspired of God. But we begin with the purpose of inspiration. What can we learn 
about the purpose of inspiration. You know, anything that really doesn't have a purpose is really not worth a whole lot, is it? And so as we look at God's Word, we see that it does have purpose behind it, and it is worth a great deal to us as Christians in that regard. I want to look at it from the standpoint of, of uh, what, it, what it is not in some ways. Let, let's begin with the question, what would the Scriptures mean to us? if they were not inspired of God? Well, what if the Bible that, that we hold in our hands, what if, if the words that we read were not inspired by God? If not inspired of God, the Bible becomes just another book of stories, and fables, just a, another book that we might pick up and read just for the fun, fun of it. If not inspired of God, man has no way of knowing the will of God for him. We do not have his revealed will to guide us through this life. If not inspired of God, we have no hope for anything better in this life, really. We, we have nothing, no hope of anything better beyond this life. There is no guarantee that there is a God and certainly no knowledge of, of heaven or even hell. No knowledge of eternity and the list go on. But if the scriptures are not inspired of God, there, there's so much that we are lacking. It would be almost impossible for us to, to be Christians, if not completely impossible. Inspiration of the Scriptures helps us to build our faith in the Word of God as He has given it to us. Realizing these things come from God, not man, gives us reason to put our trust and faith in the teachings of the Scriptures. Uh, we know that even though these things were written by the hands of men, they do not come from the men themselves necessarily. But these are the things that God wants us to know. And He uses those men who write the Scriptures or have written the Scriptures to teach us those things that He wants us to know. We can put our faith in, in Scriptures that, that teach us about the plan of salvation. Remember what Peter said to the Jews on the day of Pentecost in Acts 2 and verse 38. Repent, let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Those words are inspired of God. That's what God wanted man to do. And that's what Peter shared with them. Well, we remember even what Peter was told before that ever came to pass. In Matthew 16, verses 17 through 19, Matthew 16, verse 17, Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth, will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. 
Whether or not Jesus was speaking specifically to Peter in that last verse or, or all the apostles, we know that, that they all had some, something to do with, with teaching the words that God wanted the people to hear and binding things on earth that would be bound in heaven. Loosing things on earth that would be loosed in heaven. Those things that, that they, they did, those things that they taught were very important. But notice the, the, the thing that Peter was given. Peter was given the keys of the kingdom of heaven and on two occasions he opened the doors of the kingdom. First to the Jews on the day of Pentecost. And secondly to the Gentiles in the house of Cornelius. In Matthew 28 and verses 18 through 20, we're reminded of the commission that is given to the disciples. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Those words were inspired. There's a message behind them and it, it's their words that are important to us just as they were to the disciples then. Just as the apostles went into the world preaching the gospel to every creature. So we continue that mission today. Making disciples of all the nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. It's important that we continue that mission. And we continue to teach the things that were inspired of God. The purpose of inspiration is to provide us with those things that are necessary for us to live a Christian life. 2 Timothy chapter 3 verses 16 and 17. and We're going to go back to this passage in a moment. But all scripture is given by inspiration of God. And is profitable for doctrine, for reproof for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. In Ephesians chapter 6, Paul shared with the Ephesians and with us also those things that were necessary for them to withstand Satan, to withstand his forces, Ephesians 6 and beginning with verse 14, he says, Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Without the inspiration of the Word, we would be left without the single most powerful weapon in the Christian's arsenal. How hard 
would it be for us to live faithfully for God without the knowledge of Him that we have today? In Romans 12, verses 1 and 2, Paul encourages the Romans, and again us today as well, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. This kind of encouragement would not be with us if it were not inspired of God. Without the inspiration of the Scriptures, it would be almost certainly impossible to please God as pleasing Him comes through faith in Him and His Word. Hebrews 11 and verse 6, But without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Without inspiration, the Word of God is left null and void and worthless to the lives of man. I think we understand that there's a great deal of purpose behind the inspiration of God. And, and without it, we would have very little as far as Christianity is concerned. But let's look also at the inspiration of the Scriptures and what this really means to us. Again, we go back to this word, inspiration. And we find as far as a scriptural standpoint that the word inspiration is only found once in Scripture. It is found in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Because of its inspiration, the Word of God is profitable to us. First of all, for doctrine or teaching. It is profitable to us for reproof or rebuke. It is profitable to us for correcting those in error. And it is profitable to us for instruction or training in the ways of righteousness. Through inspiration of the Scriptures, man is adequately supplied and thoroughly equipped to do the work of a Christian. We are complete in that we have ever, everything necessary to live faithfully for God and are able to stand before Him righteous in His sight through His grace and mercy toward us. But how does this inspiration come? It comes in different ways and especially as we go back to the Old Testament we know that, that the Word of God came to the people, first of all, through the patriarchs. There were 
were men that were given God's Word and they handed that down to their children. And so the Word continued until the law was brought into place in the days of Moses. And then following that, we also see a time period where, where the Word of God came through the prophets. And the prophets presented to the intended recipients the messages that God gave them. Let's look at a, a few examples of these in Jeremiah chapter 7, beginning with verse 1. Jeremiah chapter 7, and beginning with verse 1. It says, The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. It wasn't the word that, that Jeremiah was giving to the people from himself, but it is the word that came from the Lord. It goes on to say in verse 2, Stand in the gate of the Lord's house and proclaim there this word and say, Hear the word of the Lord, all you of Judah who enter in at these gates to worship the Lord. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Amend your ways and your doings, and I will cause you to dwell in this place. Do not trust in these lying words, saying, The temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord of thee. And it goes on from there. But we see that this was not Jeremiah's message. It was the message of God coming to the people through Jeremiah. In Ezekiel chapter 6 and beginning with verse 1. Ezekiel 6 and beginning with verse 1. Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, set your face toward the mountains of Israel. And your slain men before your idols, and I will lay the corpses of the children of Israel before their idols, and I will scatter your bones all around your altars. In all your dwelling places the cities shall be laid waste, and the high places shall be desolate, so that your altars may be laid waste and made desolate. Your idols may be broken and made to cease. Your incense altars may be cut down, and your works may be abolished. The slain shall fall in your midst, and you shall know that I am the Lord. Again, the message of God came through the prophet Ezekiel. And in the beginning of Hosea, Hosea chapter 1, and beginning with verse 1, the word of the Lord came to Hosea, the son of Beri, in the days of Isaiah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah, and in the days of Jeroboam, the son of Joash, king of Israel, when the Lord began to speak by Hosea, the Lord said to Hosea, Go take yourself a wife of harlotry and children of harlotry, for the land has committed great harlotry by departing from the Lord. So he went and took Gomer, the daughter of Deblaim, and she conceived and bore him a son. We see again that as far as the prophets were concerned, that the word of the Lord came through them to the people. They were given a message to give to the people, and they passed that message to the people. And as we were reminded with Ezekiel, he was prepared as a watchman for the people. Now what if he had failed to give God's message to the people? He would be guilty of their sin, of their blood. But if he carried the message of God to the people, this message of repentance for them, then they could turn away from their sin. Now if they didn't, after he, he delivered that message, he was not guilty. But as far as, as 
the prophets were concerned. We see that the message of God came through them to the people for which they were intended. Now does this model of receiving and presenting work in all cases? As far as the prophets were concerned, uh, did they have full knowledge of everything that God wanted the people to know? Let's look at Habakkuk for a moment. Habakkuk chapter 1 and beginning with verse 2. O Lord, how long shall I cry and you will not hear, even cry out to you violence and you will not save? Why do you show me iniquity and cause me to see trouble? For plundering and violence are before me. There is strife and contention arises. Therefore the law is powerless and justice never goes forth. For the wicked surround the righteous. Therefore perverse judgment proceeds. In looking at inspiration, one of the things that that I find interesting is that those who were inspired with these messages... They didn't have all of the answers to the questions that they had. And the same way with us today, there are so many things in Scripture that that we do not understand. There are passages that we wrestle with that, 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 that we have trouble understanding their meaning. We may not have every answer, and neither did the ones that were writing these messages of God. Even though they were inspired, they did not have all of the answers, but they had the answers that they needed. They had everything that they needed to do the will of God. They had everything that they needed in presenting the message of God to the people. They were given everything that is necessary for our learning. And even today, as we study the Scriptures, we we often mention it in Bible classes and, and things of that nature, that it, it, if we have the opportunity to ask certain questions in heaven, what would be our first question? I, I remember hearing a, of a preacher that, that his desire, whenever he reached heaven, was to spend the first thousand years studying the Word of God. Will we want to know the answers? We don't know, but... There are so many things that that are left unanswered for us. But God gives us everything that we need. And we must trust His his judgment in those matters. Are the messages given by inspiration solely the thoughts and teachings of God? Look with me for a moment at Matthew chapter 4. And verses 5 and 6. Matthew 4. Verses 5 and 6. Here we read of the temptations of Jesus. And in verse 5 of Matthew 4, it says, Then the devil took him up into the holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, again questioning Jesus' authority, questioning his sonship, but if you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, He shall give His angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Now here, 
as to look at what Satan said. Satan used inspired scripture, inspired words, but he used it out of context. Now, though these accounts are recorded in scripture, they are, uh, again, written for our learning, for us to be aware of, of Satan's tactics against us. But is this God's will for us? Is this God's will for Jesus? It wasn't. This was uh, uh, basically used in the wrong way to, to tell a lie to Jesus. To use it as a matter of tempting him. And there are some things in scripture that are like that. That are the words of Satan. That are, are the words of those that, that aren't inspired of God. But these things are used for our learning. So we have to, to remember as we study the scriptures not to, to take things out of context. We have to use them in the right way so that they present the message that God intended. Uh, another passage that I find interesting is 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 5. Now Paul, as he was writing to the Corinthians, he had the ability to express his own thoughts in this case in regard to marriage. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and beginning with verse 5, it says, Do not deprive one another except with consent for a time that you may give yourselves to fasting and prayer and come together again so that Satan does not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. In verse 6 he says, But I say this as a concession, not as a commandment. For I wish that all men were even as I myself, but each one has his own gift from God, one in this manner and another in that. But I say to the unmarried and to the widows, it is good for them if they remain even as I am. But if they cannot exercise self-control, let them marry. For it is better to marry than to burn with passion. Paul, in, in this case, he expresses something that, that I think we would uh, at least liken to opinion. And he expresses it as opinion. He said, this is not a, a commandment. This is a concession. This is something that I'm, I'm telling you, but not as, as something that is necessary for your Christianity. Now, as far as being married, it, it was necessary that the two come together. It is a good thing. It is something that is, is given to us by God. It's, it's a divine institution. But he says, as far as my opinion is concerned, I would rather you remain unmarried if you can. So as far as, as what Paul was saying, though he wished all remain, that all remain unmarried, as he himself was, he knew the need for marriage as a blessed institution of God. And so as we look at passages such as this, and we see that, that, that the writers did have some freedom. As, as far as Paul was concerned, he had the freedom to express his own thoughts. But he expressed them as his own thoughts. He was very clear in how he said it. But in cases such as these, it is right for us to be diligent to study, to present yourself approved to God. A worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth.
It is important that as we study the Scriptures, that we recognize what is from God, that we recognize what is of man, that we rightly divide the word of truth that is given us. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15. Absent of inspiration, the word of God would be worthless to us. For learning of God and His will for us. For building our faith and teaching others the messages presented to us. Inspiration of the Word of God is very important to us as Christians. And it's important that we recognize its importance. However, we are not without the inspiration of God in His Word. We can believe the things presented to us are truth, as they are truth. And that they are profitable for equipping us for the battles ahead of us as Christians. That they are, are profitable to us. That they make us ready to, for every good work. We can believe the message presented in Scripture. The message that is given to us on how to be pleasing in the sight of God. Begins with how we are saved. We are taught in scriptures that it's important to hear and believe faith. Without faith, Christianity cannot be. And building on that foundation of faith, repentance, confession of faith in Christ, baptism for the remission of sins are all necessary steps in our Beginning our walk with God. And sometimes we, we turn away from God. And maybe it is that, that you need to come back in a public manner. Maybe you need to rededicate your life, repurpose your life in His service. We always offer the invitation... And if anyone is in need of, of responding to the Lord's invitation in any way, we give you that opportunity as together we stand and as we stand.